Thank you very much, John. How's everybody doing this morning? We good? Well, Pastor Dave is playing hooky today uh, for like the third straight week. Now, he's at a monastery. How cool is that? I want to be at a monastery. So I, I got the call this time. I am not an elder. I am the director of the student ministries here. I also run the worship ministry. Some of you know me. Some of you know me more than you probably wish you did. Some of you don't know me at all, which might be a good or a bad thing. I don't know. Um, but today, uh, I decided, hey, I love the 114 style service. In theory, so do you, which is why you're here at 9 o'clock. There can be no other reason why you'd get up this early. So I was like, hey, why don't we go ahead and do it? So we're going to do a 114 style service today, lots of discussion. So if you came here not to talk, you came to the wrong service. Um, but today, I wanted to, to discuss, Dave gave me no idea what to do. He didn't say, hey, let's stay in this topic matter. So I was like, cool, I'll just make something up. Um, and so I decided to share with you guys something that really has been, um, something I've been wrestling with. I feel like God's really been bringing to my attention through a, a variety of people in a variety of circumstances. And that's this whole concept of unity. What, do you, what is unity, anyone? Oneness, yeah. You know, I looked it up in the dictionary because I like to do stuff like that. And here is the uh, dictionary.com, which helps me run my life. Um, this is their definition. The state of being one. Oneness. And, and, and that begs the question. Do you, do you see unity at Fellowship of Faith? Do you feel like Fellowship of Faith is unified? It's not necessarily a rhetorical question. Most Sundays. Okay. State of being one. Do you think, and, and I'm not passing judgment one way or the other, um, do we feel like oneness can, is a once a week thing? You said sometimes on Sunday, is, is unity supposed to be, is being one go beyond one day a week? Um, let's take out a little bit bigger. The Church of McHenry County. Now, do you think, now, this is kind of my personal opinion. I don't have necessarily a ton of scripture to back this one up. But when I, I think when God looks down at McHenry, he doesn't see, oh, look at all the little churches, the little bodies of Christ. Now, I think he says, look at my church. And so that includes a lot more than just fellowship of faith, correct? Do you, do you think the Church of McHenry County is unified? The Church of America, the Church of the world. Do we see a whole lot of unity happening across the board? Um, we don't see a lot of unity happening with our own denomination, let alone interdenominationally. So we're going to look at well, what this means. So hopefully you grabbed a piece of paper. Anybody still need one? I printed, I don't know why, I hit the wrong button, and I printed 150 of them. So everybody can have like six if you want to have multiple copies of it. Um, go ahead, and what I want, since we're talking about unity today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little crazy, and I really want you guys to find a group of four or five people, find, no bigger than five though, because you can't, small group wisdom says no bigger than five. Try and find people you wouldn't normally discuss these things with. Um, students, try not to just go with students, and adults, try not to just go with, you know, try and inter let's try and mix this up a little bit as you feel comfortable or uncomfortable, okay? So go ahead, find some people, gather around, and uh, let's, let's discuss these questions. By the way, this is not at all like the complete idea of unity. It's just kind of an intro to the discussion. So go ahead, go ahead and circle up here. No more than five. All right, let's start bringing it in. I'd like to discuss this together as a group. No, you can say it. Um, what I actually am going to request, though... Uh, Bring it in more to the inner circle, so if you're trying to hide in the back like Pastor Dave is, um, please come up to the inner circle up here. Jeez. Yeah, so much for the monastery. So that, that's what he told the staff to get out of a staff meeting. Was something about going to a monastery? I don't know. Seriously, let's bring it into the inner circle because we don't have a microphone to pass today, so we're going to need to hear each other. We got... 
plenty of seats around here. So, interesting stuff in here, is it not? So, there's some interesting points that I'd like to uh, see. I heard some of you guys making some really interesting points. I'd like to draw it out of you. So, let's, um, let's kind of give some highlights. Let's look at that first section. Does somebody have any highlights they'd like to share from their group? Yeah. This, this group has a song for me later. Um, seriously, uh, question, thoughts, comments? That first section, those first three questions. Speak loud. So, inseparable. Um, even if they are separate in separate locations, they're always one. They're always of the same mind, of the same, well, right? I mean, it's inseparableness. Any, any other characteristics of the unity that we can draw from that? You know, what's, what's interesting to me about this passage, as, as recently I've been, um, it's a popular movement around here apparently for pastors to get together and discuss how we could be more unified and, and same thing with youth ministries. I've, I've been meeting with a lot of different youth ministers. There's been a lot of time spent uh, wrestling with this idea, what does it look like to be unified? How can we be unified? And, and it kind of struck me this week that we have an answer for what unity looks like because Jesus gave it to us pretty explicitly. We're supposed to be unified as he and God are one, Right. So then all we have to look at is them and then replicate that in theory, right? So I think it's, a, it's really important. I've spent a lot of time looking at other church models to see, well, how did they unify and how did they do this? And it's, our example is Christ and how they unified. So what are ways that Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, how are they one? Just tangibly, how are they one? Function with a common goal. Very good. What else? Constant communication. Um, and when Jesus was on earth, he was constantly praying. He was constantly getting away. He was constantly trying to say communication with the Father. It's funny, I, my own little pet peeve, how did Jesus teach the disciples how to pray? Well, we naturally go, well, that, that 30-second prayer that he taught us. Well, sure, he did teach us that. I think he taught the disciples how to pray by praying a lot. <laughs> That's how he taught us how to pray. Pray all the time. Constantly go to the mountain. Constantly do these things where he's praying. I mean, what else? You can tell I didn't go to confirmation. What else? How else are they unified? Are they always in complete agreement? Can we think of an example when they're not in 100% agreement? Yeah. Can, can, I, can I get out of it? And, and he, he didn't. He was able to subject himself to the will of the Father, though, right? They were able to work past a, a, You could maybe say that wasn't a disagreement, and they were able to work past that pretty quickly, correct? Okay. So does that mean that the church, to be unified, is supposed to always agree on everything? I'm sure we could find plenty of things about our faith that people in this room couldn't agree on, right? Let alone us and Holy Apostle or us and Christian Fellowship or whatever, right? So, okay, it doesn't necessarily mean agreeing on everything. What else? Anything else we could pull out of it? They are all in. Yes, there is no half-heartedness. If you don't believe that, look at Jesus' whole time on earth. (laughs) He was a pretty bold guy. Um, Just coming to earth was a bold move. All right, why, this was actually very profound to me, not what I wrote, necessarily. Um, But number three, verse 23, what is the purpose of this unity? So the world will know that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the Messiah. So a purpose of our unity unity preaches the gospel, am I completely incorrect in reading it that way? You know what I thought was interesting about this little passage is, is, um, it doesn't say, man, I, God, I pray that they are unified so that they can build each other up, so that they can be stronger Christians, so that they can whatever. It says the point of our unity has nothing to do with us, does it? At least in this verse. He desired us to be unified, but not for our own benefit. I mean, obviously there's benefits from it. We saw that later. But his prayer here was for the world, right? 
So our, unif- so our unity doesn't just benefit us. It benefits the world. Am I incorrect in coming to this conclusion? Anyone? You're free to disagree with me. Unlike Dave, I don't have a theology degree. Okay, so then who suffers when we aren't unified the most? According, if you were to just take it from this verse. A lot of times we go, I think, all right, well, it's okay. I don't have to be unified. I can, we can keep doing our own thing here, but it's not really an option. I'm not the one who suffers from the lack of unity. It's the world that suffers, right? So when you, as you'll see a lot with discipleship, it really has nothing to do with us. It has to do with other, us being less worried about ourselves and worried about other people. All right, interesting thought. Moving on from the second section, anyone? Interesting stuff? I had a giggle. Was that... Uh, Again, here's another thing where he doesn't just throw us out there, hey, you need to love each other. He gives us a very explicit example of how we're supposed to do this, what our love should look like. So once again, I'm curious, how does Jesus love us? Unconditionally, sacrificially, great cost to himself, he loves us. Anything else we could pull from it? This may just be me, but recently, this has nothing to do with our church, by the way, just some of the way some of my friends who are in ministry have, have taken their shots in recent months. I found it harder for me lately to love Christians than I have loved the world. The world may treat us like garbage, but that's in the playbook. We're supposed to expect that, right? It's the Christians that cause the harm that it's hardest to want to show love to. At least that's for me personally. And I'm speaking about Barry, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else from that section worth talking about? No? Oh, oh I, almost, yeah, I almost got a shoe in the head. Um, I did have a request. Um, that, I don't know if a dance, an interpretive dance, was supposed to go with this or not. Like, by, okay, but we, we, have, we have a song from that, that answers number six for you guys. You guys, you guys ready for a song? Oh, come on. We got to have more than that if we're going to get a song. And they'll know we are... Christians by our love, by our love, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. Absolutely. So once again, they, they won't know us by the words we say. We don't have to run around and start screaming, hey, we're Christians. They'll know us because we love each other. That's a, a profound concept. Once again, being unified isn't just about us. It's about the world. Again, it's an interesting concept. Okay, the first Corinthians passage. This one really struck me. Now, again, could be misinterpreting it. Feel free to throw Bibles at me and disagree with me. Um, But number eight struck me as very, again, another thing that somebody posed that question to me. Do you really feel like you need other Christians, particularly other bodies of believers other than fellowship of faith? Do we operate under the mentality that, man, we really need Holy Apostle? Do we? I mean, do we need them? I mean, how do we need them? Yeah? Absolutely. In case you didn't hear all that, essentially um, knowing people of, of different denominational beliefs or different sets of beliefs helps us grow in our faith, which absolutely. I, I'm, I'm a weird product of that. I grew up in the Assemblies of God, um, and then I moved to Nashville, and I'm part of a, a corner, a four-square church, and then I'm a part of a Baptist church, and then I'm part of random things, and then a Methodist church, and now I'm here at a Lutheran church, right? What the heck? I don't really know what's going on. Um, but I, I can tell you from my own personal experiences, man, I've learned a lot. And do I agree with everything that the Assemblies of God believes? Well, no. But man, they taught me a lot. Do I agree with everything that the Southern Baptist Convention holds cling? No, I like Disney, so I'm not going to boycott them. I don't have a problem with it, but never mind. Um, but I learned a lot, and, and, and I don't like Lutherans at all, and I'm here. Um, and, and I'm learning a lot from people like Dave. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Uh, trying to get myself fired today. Um, 
So we can learn a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we have a, a lot of Pharisees. And I believe me, I'm one of them. I, I've been one of the Pharisees a lot in, in my youth ministry time, adding my own rules and regulations to the faith. And, and, and you're right. I think a lot of times our disagreements between churches or in our own churches are over just stupid things. Or, or important things, but don't need to inhibit unity. Does that make sense? I mean, in theory, in theory, do all Christian churches say, share the same mission? In theory, right? Do we share the same Savior? So we need each other. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can survive without one arm, correct? You can survive without an eye or both eyes. You can survive, with, and I think that's how the church is, is operating. We think we're whole, and, and we're, we're having some success on some level, correct? I mean, it's not entirely a waste of time what we're doing, being our own islands of and to ourselves. But what are we missing out on? When I read this passage, I'm going, yeah, I don't think I need the other youth ministries in town. I think we're doing just fine. And that makes me sit back and go, so what am I missing? What could be happening, right? It, it's exciting and scary, and it just makes you go, well, what does it look like? You know, because don't we kind of operate under the mentality that Jesus has many bodies, and he's like this floating head, right? It's like, oh, I'm on this one today. Oh, I'm on this one. Or some people just think he's only on their head or only on their body. But it doesn't operate that way. He has how many bodies? One. He doesn't recognize all this individual stuff that we seem to hold so dearly to. Interesting. Uh, why, again, number nine, it's great. We understand there's a need. He says it. You can't look at the arm and say, I don't need you. Why do we need these other members of the body? To hold ourselves accountable? Yeah? For sheer numbers? Explain that. Yeah? I mean, exactly. I don't know if you caught that, but it's like Dave's analogy. If Let's say fellowship of faith is a left foot, you know. What good are we without, you know, a hip joint, you know, there to help direct us? Where I mean, we need the other parts of the body, right? I mean, there's only so much we can accomplish. What, what good is the foot without the ankle, right? Kind of needs each other to work together. Make sense? It's, I see another hand up. Yeah. Looking at the last one, Ephesians 4, 15, and 16. How does uh, that, that question, number 10, according to this passage, and, and, and obviously you can take something out of context and build an entire ministry foundation out of one verse that could be kind of a mistake. But according to this, how does the church grow? Yeah. And, and this idea of, it, it, this whole idea of unity that we're working off of, is it optional? Is it optional for you? Is it optional for you, Dave? Is it optional? It's, it's not optional for Christians, right? So, how, and here's the real question, so how do we develop unity if we're the only ones who care about it? In theory, obviously we're not. <laughs> but looking at, well, first of all, looking at Fellowship of Faith. Most of us weren't like jumping on that bandwagon that we're super unified. So we just had a great half-hour discussion on unity. We all agree, yeah, we need it. We need each other. So what do you do? Is unity something you can create a program to create? Can I program unity? You know what I mean by that? Can, can we start a new discipleship ministry called unity and it'll create the unity we need? Do you, that's a great point. Do you think we need to be unified on those things? In other words, Fellowship of Faith has a very specific style of worship. Um, Prince of Peace does not at all share our style of worship. We one could say, although I, I don't know, it'd be strong enough to say we disagree on how to worship. We just have a different style. Is that does that need to inf inhibit our ability to unify with them? Absolutely. 
For this, for for example, let, let give me let me give you a for example. One of the I don't remember how many tenets are there. The assemblies of God is speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of having the Holy Spirit in your life. You don't have the Holy Spirit until you've spoken in tongues. That is one of their basic tenets, like seven, I don't, you know, how many they have, I don't remember. I should know these things. I took tests on it. Um, uh, I disagree with that. I, I have a different interpretation of that. Um, that's a, funda- a foundational, fundamental belief for them. Um, I could never be a youth leader in the Assemblies of God unless I, could, I signed a, a statement agreeing to that. Does that mean I can't unify with them? Does that mean I have a, a, a free pass not to try? I mean, these are tough questions. I'm not saying it, it's easy. The, pro, the reason we have such non-unity is because we can't agree to disagree on certain things, right? Doesn't unity sometimes mean to agree to disagree? There's a great fear of that. Um, I, I'm sure there are some, some basic tenets of the Lutheran faith that you guys feel very strongly again about. I probably, I can, I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want to start that discussion. There's a few that I disagree very strongly with. I have absolutely no problems speaking here on Sunday mornings or worshiping with you guys or teaching the students. Sure, I haven't ever preached a sermon on those, those basic topics because it doesn't matter. Christ matters. Just a thought. I mean, it's very real, John. I'm not like discounting what you're saying. It's a very difficult, it's easy to talk about this from the stage or from a group. It's quite more difficult for us to actually put it into practice. But where does unity start? Do we start addressing this concept by calling up Holy Apostle today? Yeah, very interesting. So again, back to us. It's great that we had a discussion on unity, but if all we did at the end of the day was have a discussion on unity, we all just wasted our time. Another story for another time, but we will not explain it right now. Yeah. And, and I think the same thing applies within our own body. There are people that I'm way more unified at Prince of Peace than some people here, and that, that's not to say that's bad or good, but it's just the very real truth. And if it's non-optional as Christians to unify, we can sit here and look at, say, the assemblies of God and say, see, look at their tenet. They're not going to unify with me. Who cares what their tenets are? It's my job to try and show unity and love to all Christians, right? So the emphasis is on me, not on them. I don't wait for them to try and unify with me. I unify with, it it puts it more on us. It's on you. It's not on on Dave to start the program. Anyway, interesting discussion, guys. Plan on doing some worship at the end, but I talk too much. So there you go. Any other thoughts, comments? All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming, guys. Go get your kids. Becky will kill me.